it's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Stravula Tosca. How are you? Hi, Janine. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. You are an original content creator. You're a writer, director, producer, as well as an actor. Uh, tell me, which started first? Did you first get into acting? Uh, I think that I first got into producing when I was very young, back home in a small town in Greece, when I was born and raised in Europe, uh, when after school I was too bored and I <laughs> didn't know what to do with myself, and it was my town, Sindos, was so small that we didn't have any sports programs or after school programs, and I was just starting, you know, I was putting up productions theatrical productions with my uh, neighbors and charging people at the time, I guess it was equivalent to today's five cents. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom was incredibly embarrassed because she thought that all the neighbors would think that we were desperately needing money and this is why I'm doing this. Yes. So uh, so yeah, I think that I was a producer uh, before I was an actor and director for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And do you love being able to delve into all these different arenas? It sounds like you just have this creative spirit about you. I do. I really do. Because you know what? We're in a time where, I mean, you know, where I think that this is a really great time to be a creator. This is a really great time to be a woman as we're watching slowly, very slowly, but steadily sort of things changing in Hollywood and the way the industry is dealing with um, women and the stories that we want to tell. So for me, um, to be able to participate in different projects in different capacities, whether it is as producing someone else's project or directing and acting in my own work, um, it just, it gives me creative control it gives me great joy and freedom to do whatever i want to do and tell the stories that i want to tell from my point of view without them being um affected by you know the 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 politics of the business and whatnot so i just i really i feel very blessed that i have I've, I've created the, you know, the opportunities for myself to do that. That's great. That's important as opposed to just sitting around waiting for opportunities that don't happen. You're right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like we're kind of waking up to this new reality that we have all these means and access to so many incredible opportunities that we don't just sit around waiting for permission or waiting for someone at this point to tell us that your story is good enough, your script is commercial enough, yes, we're going to go into production. Um, I feel like this is you know, a thing of the past, and it's really, it's, it's such a great time. That's fantastic. Now, your debut feature documentary, Beneath the Olive Tree, was narrated and executive produced by Academy Award winner Olympia Dukakis. What was that like? Yeah. Um, Olympia walked into my life and changed it forever. It's as simple as that. Amazing. And I feel, you know, I've known her for about eight and a half years now and I you know I've come to realize that she's done that for many many other people Mm -hmm. um, men and women alike Um, I met her at an event and I told her that I was just um, I had gotten out of a bad marriage I had quit my office job and I really wanted to pursue my goals and my dreams Um, and one thing led to another we met for coffee that turned out to be dinner and a lot of wine Mm -hmm. and uh, as I was leaving um, um, I was was leaving her place that night she gave me a book that set me off on that journey and put me behind the camera for the first time in my life um, directing the documentary Beneath the Olive Tree and uh, she is you know she's one of the most um, 
honest people I have ever met, which sometimes is not necessarily a good thing, but you know who you're dealing with at all times. You know what you're getting. And she's someone who really taught me how to fearlessly pursue everything that I want in life. And I needed that. At the time that I met Olympia, I was going through a lot of changes in my personal and professional life and I feel like she walked into my life you know they always say that you meet someone when the time is right when yes. you're ready to meet them when you're ready to take in what they have to offer you I believe and that the, the, yeah yeah the, the timing of meeting Olympia and working with her um, it was perfect and I, I don't say it lightly when I say that it was life-changing yeah. Amazing. Now, what was the and book? And she's also in Switch. She's also acting oh. in Switch. So for me, I had this incredible experience of, you know, directing her. Well, the documentary was one thing, but mm-hmm. actually directing her in a scripted series that I wrote, that I created, and being on set and watching her take the material, take the words that I wrote, and literally take everything to a whole other level was... Um, surreal fantastic unbelievable um yeah Yeah. it was quite something um and it's i love how you turned it around and you offered her (laughs) so you offered her a role in this yes i kind of like forced her to take that role (laughs) and she said darling of course i will do it i I, when when else would i have the chance to play the owner of a bdsm dungeon and i was like probably never so let's do it yeah were you thinking like she's never going to accept this uh, yes, yes, because when I approached her, um, I had already told her about my years of working as a professional dominatrix, as undercover mm-hmm. professional dominatrix and doing research and whatnot, and she could not, like so many people, Janine, and I was one of them until a few years ago, so I completely understand the reaction, like, what are you talking about? You know, BDSM, it's disgusting, it's perverted, it's weird, it's you know, for freaks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I told her about the research that I've been doing and the things that I have been discovering um, by doing this work and the people that I came across, and when I told her about the character that I wanted her to portray, she was um, she was literally blown away, which was a surprise to me, you know, her reaction and how carefully she listened to everything that I was sharing with her. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, well, send me the script. Let me read it. And then she was like, oh, wow, you can write. I had like, you know, I love the documentary that we mm-hmm. did, blah, blah, blah. But I had no idea that this was going to be so unique and so authentic. And I'll do it. Just tell me when you need me on set. You Amazing. have to work around my schedule, okay. but I will do it. So <laughs> now what, how did you come up with the idea of you're going to be an undercover dominatrix? I, my goodness, Um, (laughs) so this goes back to like, where do I begin? About seven or um, closer to eight years ago, actually, I was, um, um, I heard the word dominatrix for the first time, Mm -hmm. and it was quite something for me to hear that there's so many, I mean, so many men who are willing to pay a woman to, um, um, violate them uh, physically meaning like hit them beat them up and humiliate them and do things to them and as a result what it is this satisfaction this pleasure that they get out of it 
And I was really, I started going online and looking up at BDSM and dominatrixes, and then I saw a lot of, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the crap that's out there, meaning, you know, um, uh, people in compromising positions, and mm-hmm. just, it's very gratuitous. It's very about, you know, violence against people, and it doesn't really get into the psychological aspects of BDSM and why so, so many people all around the world practice this type of lifestyle whether it's you know like a regular thing for them or Mm -hmm. once a week or once a month so um for me this whole exchange of power between the two sexes was something that i couldn't fully understand and initially that's what got me so curious about it and so interested so one thing led to another i thought i was going to make a documentary about this whole universe this whole world and um the more I was looking into it, the more I realized that no way somebody would give me access to their everyday personal life, uh, following them at work, right. following them at school when they pick up their kids, mm-hmm. and then following them inside the dungeon when the switch happens, right? Right. So I, um, I was, uh, after about a year and a half of research, I sort of gave up on the whole idea for a week or so, and I was like, this isn't happening, you know, forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then I came across an ad uh, online that it was uh, from a, it was just a regular ad on Craigslist from uh, a BDSM dungeon um, uh, establishment in New York City, which is, by the way, this is a legal business because there's absolutely no sex involved, right? Okay. So um, uh, it said pretty much flexible hours, no experience needed. Um, come in and if we come in for an interview and if you have potential, we will train you. Good money. You know, just come in. Okay. Um, so I went in for an interview and within a few minutes I was offered, um, to start training as a dominatrix. And I said to myself, well, I'm not going to tell them that I'm here for research because that's obviously they're going to kick me out. Of course. Uh, or, yes, so I believed at least. Yeah. And then um, I said, I'm going to do this for a week or two at the most. I'm going to meet some people, some clients, and some of the women who do this for a living. And then I'm going to meet with them outside of the dungeon, and I will try to convince them to be in my documentary. And I have to tell you, Janine, and for everyone who's listening right now, okay, this turned out to be, at the end of my first week at work, the things that I had experienced and the things that I had switched my mind about, uh, I looked at myself and it, I, I, I didn't look the same anymore in the really? mirror. And I was walking out of work. I remember that Friday evening after getting my first paycheck and whatnot. Um, and I remember looking at the whole world with a different set of eyes and with a different mindset. And I was hooked. And I went on to do this for close to five and a half, almost six years. And it changed my life forever. And instead of a documentary, I ended up creating Switch, which is a scripted series that I'm actually, um, I'm in LA for um, for the next few days because we are premiering at the Dances with Films Festival at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And the series really... um, explores, you know, what we're doing is very different because there's been dominatrix projects out there and it's not, um, it takes so much work to get anything done. So I don't have any interest in, you know, um, um, criticizing anybody's work. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we are really, um, we're taking our viewers on a journey to this riveting world of BDSM and we're doing so from um, from a deeply benevolent, 
unorthodox and cerebral point of view by following my character and all the main characters. Um, as you know, everyday regular people yeah. who are trying to navigate living this uh, leading this double life and struggling for power and finding their identity and healing and love and you know dealing with their family while keeping this secret right because it's just such a taboo sure it's almost impossible for most people who practice this type of play this type of role play to actually come out to their partner or wife or husband and you know say that hey i do this right you know in my time off of course um yeah so i'm really hoping you know brené brown uh, i'm sorry i haven't stopped talking but i'm no, so fine. passionate and excited about this project um i don't know if you know the new york times best-selling author dr brené brown do. i do who has done ex extremely important work on vulnerability mm -hmm. and then somebody like um, Bessel van der Kolk, um, um, uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who came decades before Brené Brown, even back in the 60s and 70s, he was one of the first people to tap into PTSD mm -hmm. and deal with the people who were coming back from um, the war in Vietnam. So we're talking about decades of research focusing on the brain, the mind, and the body as it plays out in the healing of trauma. And, mm. you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting how I got to witness all of this playing out within the four walls of the BDSM dungeon. So being able to explore that in scripted format you know, based on true events, based yes. on true characters and a real life story has been, um, it's been quite a journey so far. Were you ever scared being an undercover? Yes, yes. Yeah. There had been, well, first of all, what really helped me, and I have to clarify this, um, it's, a, it's a problem when, like, I could never, I would never have been able to do this in my 20s because I hadn't really lived life and experienced a lot. And I got to work with a lot of young women who were, you know, not most of them, not all of them, but most of them didn't know how to deal with these grown men mm -hmm. who show up and are asking for X, Y, Z type of play. Um, so for me, going into this, I think I was uh, 34, like seven, eight years ago. Yeah, 34 at the time. And going into it with certain experiences and a certain life that I had lived at that point and being there for research, um, helped me a lot and kept me safe. But there were plenty of times when things came close to me being discovered and not knowing how, you know, what's going to happen literally from one second to the next. Uh, but at some point also I had to leave the dungeon and I had to, I got fired actually. Oh, you did? Because, yeah, because somebody um, ratted me out and they said, you're asking too many questions. You're not supposed to be, you know, asking personal questions to the clients or the other women you're working with. People say you're here to do, you know, to write a book, to do research. And um, I didn't even have the chance to defend myself. I was literally <laughs> kicked out of the place. Uh, and I said, well, Stavrula, you know what? That's the end of the journey. Go and try to make the documentary. But within a week, I was like, I really miss doing this. And I miss, I hadn't realized at the time, Janine, that for all the work that I was doing in there, the research and, you know, helping other people heal and deal with their issues, I was also healing myself and dealing with my own issues that I was in complete denial about. Um, 
up to that point. So I started then working as an independent dominatrix in New York. So I was booking my own space. I was renting space and I was booking my own clients and I was keeping all the money to myself, which was really, really great. Uh, And that propelled me to a whole other, you know, aspect of the industry. And um, yeah, but it was, um, it can be scary if you don't know what you're doing. And it can be scary. One of the things that I learned doing this, I definitely became better at protecting myself, at trusting my gut mm-hmm. more, and knowing that the moment that someone calls for a session and they keep the sound, you know, a bit off, trust your gut. Because we women are not really encouraged to trust our gut. We're told that we're being dramatic or we're overreacting. Or we're just, you know, we don't know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> and this was, you know, it's the conditioning. It's this conditioning that we're exploring in Switch with men and with women alike. But um, I really learned how to take better care of myself. And I realized that the moment that someone calls and you say, no, I won't take this session. Mm-hmm. We're not going to meet. And then they offer you more and more money. You need to stay away. Because a lot of the girls doing this for a living end up getting um, raped or end up getting tied up and beat up themselves. And it's just, it's, it can be very, very dangerous. And these are all things that we're exploring in the series uh, because wow. I want to show this world as fully as possible, um, yeah. not just one aspect of it. Yeah, I want to mention that you've been... Um really making a huge impact on the film festivals. You've won a record 10 awards in less than six yes. months. Best Story in Award in Santa Fe. Yeah, Best Suspense mm-hmm. Action Award, New York Women in Film and Television, Go Indie TV, Roku TV Film Festival, Outstanding Actress Award. That's fantastic. Yep. Best Pilot Award, <laughs> on and on. And I put all the info, by the way, on my show blog. Get oh, the f- thank you. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> it's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Um so you've got season one, which is up for people we, to watch. Yes, season one is available, and I want you and our, view, our listeners to know that people have been watching it all around the world. Psychologists have been reaching out to us via our website and sending us messages, asking for more episodes, letting us know that this series they're going to recommend switch to their patients. Interesting. To check it out. It's, uh, uh, Janine, one of the things that we don't know is that... Um, People engage, or one of the things that we're not realizing is that we all engage in BDSM play one way or another every single day of our lives. When we talk about bondage, discipline, submission, and masochism, you know, people think of bondage that you have to sit on a chair and be tied up. And we're not thinking of the invisible bondage that holds us back from living, you know, to our fullest potential. Discipline. We're all disciplining one another, whether it's our children, in class, at work, all the time. That, you know, the submission, you're always, you know, sort of negotiating, you know, the, the, the degree of power that you have in your everyday relationships with your family, with your romantic partner, uh, with your boss. So it's just such an interesting concept that, you know, 
it's considered such a taboo for XYZ reasons, and yet we forget that we're all caught up in BDSM play on a daily basis, one way or another. Um, so that's it, it's fascinating to me to tackle this from a very different point of view, and because the web series, the the, the um, um, switch has become um, so successful, we're now looking to actually develop it into long form episodic. Um, so I would love for this project. There's so many storylines and so many characters to explore um, that I would love to have the opportunity to work with the network, um, to work with the studio and develop it further. So I feel like this is the natural next step for Switch. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the fact that people are reaching out from Poland and the Netherlands and Germany and the U.S. asking sure. for more episodes and, you know, asking if I'm writing a book, which thankfully I have been writing a oh, book. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, but this is something that I find it to be um, groundbreaking um, in its own way. There's nothing like it out there, and I'm so, I'm so blessed that people can actually put their prejudice aside, watch it and see it for what it truly is, and then take the time to write to us and encourage us to do more and to keep going. So I'm very, just very, very, very thankful. So I know you're going to be at the uh, film festival. Uh, yes. What What are the dates and the times people can yes. watch it? So we are uh, we are premiering our TV pilot, the first episode of Switch, on Saturday, June 22nd, as part of the Dances with Films, which is an incredible festival, and I've been... You know, I've been in town for a couple of days already, and I'm blown away by the quality of the work and all the films that they have been screening. Oh, it's great um, So, yeah, yeah, it really is. I was, mm -hmm. And I've been to, you know, various festivals around the world with Beneath the Olive Tree and Switch and other projects, and I'm so amazed by how, how well organized they are, and everything is on time. They're, they're incredible. That's fantastic. So... Saturday, June 22nd at noon. I know the tickets are close to selling out because I checked with them this morning and I think they said they had 24 or 26 tickets available only wow. for Saturday. So okay. if people can, you know, um, go to danceswithfilms.com and um, get tickets for Saturday, we will see you on the green carpet and then we can celebrate with drinks and meet everyone in person. That would be great. Fantastic. And where can people find out more about you and the film? Um, go to switchtheseries.com and my personal website is down because I just did a new uh, photo shoot and um, I'm putting all my projects together in a personal website that I'm going to be launching in July. But in the meantime, switchtheseries.com and people can watch the series and find out more information and follow us on social media. And um, I really hope to have a chance to meet some of those people um, in person on Saturday at noon. Fantastic. Fantastic. Congratulations, and thank you so much for calling into our studios. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Have a good one, Jenny. You too. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog. Get the funkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.